1. And I want to preach to you a message I've entitled, Prepared for Service. And if you'll stand for the reading of God's Word, we're going to begin reading tonight in verse number 14, and we're going to read down to verse number 16. And I want to preach this message, Prepared for Service, because folks, we need to prepare ourselves daily for the work of God. This is something that needs to be Every day in our life, we prepare in the morning to get up and go to our jobs. We prepare throughout the day for things that we're going to face. Listen, this is the most important work on face of the earth, is sharing the gospel. And the Lord just didn't give this to anybody to do. He gave it to His people to carry forth. The Bible says, beginning in verse number 14, Romans chapter number 1, I'm a debtor both to the Greek... And to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise, and to the unwise, so as much as is in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. And God, we just thank you for Brother Jeremiah, his family, this church. Father, we pray you continue to bless them and their work here at Central. And Lord, we ask tonight that, Father, you use us here in this preaching time, Lord, that you would just move us aside. And Father, that you would smile down upon preaching tonight, hide us behind your cross, and Father, we just pray that, Lord, you will be magnified and glorified. And Lord, we ask right now that, God, that if there's one here that does not know you, Father, we pray for their salvation. We pray for those here tonight, Lord, that know you, but, Lord, are struggling in their lives. We just ask, Father, that you reach down and you help them. Lord, you guide them and just give them an extra measure of grace. And, Father, I pray for what we're doing, Lord, and what you've called us to do, that, Father, that you would just bless it. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Prepared for service. Now, I'm one of those preachers that don't move around a lot. And he asked me tonight that I want to wear the little wired up uh, boom mic or whatever you want to call it. He told me it was a Britney Spears mic. I preached a revival not too long ago and I had to wear one of those. And it kept flipping up in my eye. And I felt like I had a twitch because it kept flipping up every time I would say something. And I fought with that thing more than I did some preaching. But it is a blessing to be able to stand here. My wife says you need to move sometimes. You need to move. But I like to stay put because there's a little security to me behind this right here. But prepared for service. I've served in the United States Air Force. I've been in law enforcement. I know what it's like to be prepared for something. I've been through different training exercises in Europe and other places in the world and Southeast Asia. I know what it's like to be prepared. And one thing that we always looked at and we tried to do, we prepared as though we were going to battle or war at that moment in time. I heard a coach one time tell his football team, you're going to play like you practice. And there's a lot to that right there. And you'll see people that get out there on a the football field and, and they're very talented, they're very athletic, but the other team just whoops them all over the field. And it's not that they're better athletes, they're better prepared. And we look here tonight at this being prepared for service 
And there's some things I want to point out in this passage of Scripture. And we're going to start in verse number 1 and look at a few tonight. And I want to be very quick. First of all, I want you to notice in verse 1 how this starts out. The Bible says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Now this is very interesting in how this is written. When you see here that Paul said that he was separated unto something... But when you're separated unto something, that means you're separated from something. And when you look here in what Paul is talking about, he was being prepared for the work that God had called him to do. Now, I want you to notice here in this passage of Scripture in verse number 2, he says, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scripture. The first thing I want to bring to your attention tonight is the power behind biblical authority. One thing that we have a problem with today in the church is biblical authority, and there is no reason for us to do anything in the church that is not founded upon the Word of God. This is our marching orders. This is what we are to do, and this is how we are to go. In the Air Force, we had what was called technical orders. And those TOs were black books, and they were about that thick, and you never went to work on your aircraft without that book. You would be in deep trouble if you ever went out there to work on your B-52 or your B-1 bomber like I did, and you did not have your technical orders to go by. Well, my friend, I'm going to tell you something. This is our technical order tonight, and it should not be absent because we see Paul speaking here about scriptural authority, biblical authority. He says here in verse number 3 concerning his son Jesus Christ, which made, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. I had the opportunity back in 2004 to be in Israel. And I was in Israel in 2004 and I went to the garden tomb. Let me go ahead and tell you something. He's not there. But I didn't have to go there to know that he's not there because the Scripture had already declared that he was not there. And that's what the Bible says. And when we talk about scriptural authority, let me read you a few verses tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that, excuse me, what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Listen to verse 3 and verse 4 now. For I deliver unto you first of all that which I also received. And by the way, I want to put this in here very quick. It's hard to deliver the gospel if you don't possess the gospel. Think about that for a little bit. Paul couldn't do this a ways back. But Paul now can share what he has experienced, what he has. He says, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He puts full biblical authority behind the resurrection of Christ. And he says in verse 4, And that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. You say, well, what does that have to do with what you're talking about? Listen to me. Any work that God calls us to is going to have to be enforced by biblical authority. And Paul said he was separated unto the gospel. 
He was separated by the gospel unto the gospel when he was born again. Secondly, I want you to notice tonight in verse number 7. Not only do we see uh, in verse number 1 the power behind biblical authority. If we're going to be prepared for service, there's got to be a partnership of godly people. There's got to be a partnership of godly people. It's not by coincidence tonight that all of you are sitting here together. I hope and pray that all of you are here together tonight because you felt led of God to be part of this work right here. Let me tell you, if you're not felt led of God to be part of this work, you better be careful because you'll do damage to this work if you're not led to be here. You have to be careful with that. And we see the partnership of godly people. Look, look with me in verse number 7. He said, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, call to be saints. We know exactly who Paul's writing to. Paul is writing to God's people at Rome. He says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And look what he says in verse number 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Could you imagine that their testimony and their witness went far beyond their borders? And Paul says, We're hearing of y'all in different parts of the world because of your faith. Well, let me tell you, there's a group of people over here tonight from Union, Mississippi that knows about this church because of what y'all have been doing in the past. What y'all have served God and been faithful in the past doing and the present what you're doing, you are touching people's lives. And I fully expect that box that y'all are talking about that's going to go to Laos over here, how that you're going to have an effect on them and you giving and sending that to them. And Paul talked about this one time, that you would have uh, there on your account things that you gave because of your faithfulness and souls coming to the kingdom, you're going to have a part in it. You think about these things. He says in verse 9, For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. Now this is what really gets me. Paul wants to see God's people. And every one of us knows what's going to happen to Paul when he goes to Rome. But you know what? He's marching straight to that date at Rome that he knows he's going to. And he knows that something is going to happen because of the letter he writes to Timothy. And we know that Paul is ready for this. And he knows that even if his death comes in the faithful service to God, it is worth it. Folks, this world's going to come to an end one day. And we're going to be out there in eternity with the Lord and you know what? All of this is just going to be a past memory. Because we're going to be with the Lord and we're needing to be faithful in what God has called us to. Thirdly, I want you to see tonight. We've talked about these other two. We've talked about the authority. We've talked about partnership. But let's talk a little bit about the practice of Christian behavior. Look in verse number 11 with me. It says, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. You know, we as churches need to be in growing our people mode. 
We're all about evangelism, but we also need to be about discipleship. And we need to grow our people that they can go out every day and build upon what we're building upon right here. He says in verse number 12, that is that I may be comforted together with you by mutual faith, both of you and me. Now let's talk about a little bit of what Paul is talking about right here. Talking about imparting to them some spiritual gift to the end they may be established and they may be able to comfort one another. Well, I'm going to tell you our greatest example tonight of comfort and consolation comes from the Lord. Each one of you tonight has toted a burden. You've toted something that you've been through that only the Lord could have delivered you through, that He could only tote that burden for you. And let me tell you, you were not allowed to go through whatever trial it was, whatever trouble you face, without God wanting to use it going down the road in somebody else's lives. This is bore out in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For, our, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Of whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. When it speaks of the God of all comforts, who better to learn how to comfort somebody than learning it from the Lord himself? Do you realize tonight what God gave for every one of us? And people look at me like I'm crazy when I say this. Oh, man, he's a heretic for saying this. I'm not going to get you in any trouble, I promise. Do you realize God had no more to give than what he gave when he gave us Jesus? People have looked at me and shook their heads and, what is he talking about? God has everything. You tell me what is worth more than Jesus tonight and then we'll talk. Streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl. That's nothing compared to the precious blood of Jesus. And you know that when Jesus was hanging on that cross and darkness that could be felt fell on the land and the Lord turned His back on Him. That was for you and me. And God knows what it's like to lose. He knows what it's like to gain. And my friend, let me tell you something. He is there to walk with us through everything. You need to take whatever has happened to you in your life and let it be a consolation and a blessing to somebody down the road. To practice it. Anybody can talk about it. We have a dear lady in our work up there that just had a biopsy. She's here with us tonight. I've never seen a lady steadfast and as steady that goes through that. That is it benign? Is it malignant? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess to you tonight. I would have been worried to death. Just another day. For her, you want to know why? God has it in His hand. And whatever it is, they just lost a son. And then this, whatever it is, it's in God's hand. Oh, I wish I could be like that. That strong. And no matter what it is, you have something that has happened that you can be a blessing to somebody else. 
My wife, Vicki, she's here tonight, the love of my life, my best friend sitting right here tonight. She was working with a young girl. She spent 25 years in banking. And she was working with a young girl that had a miscarriage. And she, at her best, tried to comfort this young girl in her miscarriage. And she really didn't know how because she had never walked that way before. Well, lo and behold, we found out that we were expecting another child. And into that pregnancy, we lost that child. She fully understood what that girl was going through and was able to help those that would come down that road one day. Your experiences are invaluable. And we need to understand tonight that one thing that we need to do is practice Christian behavior. Don't shut up and be mad because something bad has happened. Let God use it to bring glory and honor to Him. Prepared for service. You know like I know. One of these days, we're going to get the phone call, and it could be my name in that sentence that says, you have cancer, or you have heart disease, or somebody that you love was killed tragically, as we heard tonight, in a wreck. It's going to happen. So we should use it to edify and to establish and build folks up. When you think about these things, and we're at our closing remarks, the last I want to talk about tonight is the performance of selfless sacrifice. If you and I tonight are going to serve the Lord, it's not about us, it's all about Him. Every bit of it's about Him. There's no glory that we should seek by the way Isaiah 42 verse 8 tells us the Lord is not going to share His glory with any other. We might as well get over with it. He deserves every bit of the glory and honor and the praise. No matter what happens here, no matter what happens at Union, it's all about Jesus Christ. The performance of selfless sacrifice. Let's look at that just for a second. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 14, I am debtor. Let me go ahead and tell you, Paul realized he owed a debt that he couldn't pay. I'm talking about after salvation. He owed a debt before salvation he couldn't pay either. But once you get on this side of that debt, you still realize, I owe something back to the Lord I could never repay. Look at what the Lord did for me. We should be indebted the rest of our lives to what God has done for us. It should move us. It should bring us to a place of selfless sacrifice. You hear people grumble because they've got to be at this meeting. You hear people grumble because they've got to be at that. You hear folks, oh, we've got to get back up and go to church like it's an obligation. My friend, I'm going to tell you, shame on you if that is your attitude. After what Christ has done for us, shame on us if that's our attitude. Because you and I realize if we have been born again that there is a debt that's been paid. There was a price that has been uh, satisfied to God that only Jesus could do. And it was not anything about you or me. If we got what we deserve, we'd all be in hell tonight. He said, I'm a debtor. But look at who he says, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. You know who you're in debt to? Is everybody that's running up and down this road out here tonight. Because you have been born again. 
You are saved. You are the church of the living God. And it is your call to reach these people out here as they come up and down these roads that they drive up and down for year after year after year after year and pay no attention. You should be broken over every one of them. We should be broken over everybody in union. And I'm going to tell you something. I fully expect us to go for the city of union out of our little work up there. That's what we're indebted to do because of what Christ has done for us. He says in verse 15, not only was he a debtor in this selfless sacrifice, but he came to a place that he got ready. He said here, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. It doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter what the venue is. The message is the same, and that message is the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see that in this selfless sacrifice. And then it brings us to this last verse. He said, I'm debtor, I'm ready. And then one of the most quoted verses in all Scripture, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He goes on to elaborate on this and to expound For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of this because I know what I was. And by the grace of God, now I know what I am. And Paul would even tell you, and I would hate to be the one that walks in the judgment seat of Christ after the apostle Paul. But Paul still knew that he wasn't everything that he could be. There was still room for growth. But he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And my friends, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Something that you're not ashamed of, you don't mind standing up beside it. I'm not ashamed of that little red-headed lady right there. I'll stand beside her anywhere. I'm not ashamed of her. I'm not ashamed of my daughter. My son-in-law, we sometimes... If they're watching on live tonight, I said that for you. But my two, without him, we wouldn't have the two most precious grandbabies. I'm not ashamed of them. And I definitely am not, am not ashamed of my Savior tonight, knowing what he did for me. You know, it's hard to imagine. You know, a mother's love. And as much as a mother loves her child, you know, a mother does not love you like Jesus did. You think about that. A mother couldn't do for you what Jesus did. Couldn't. And you think about the love of our Savior. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of that. And because Paul was not ashamed of that, that brought him to a place that he was willing to sacrifice his very life for the cause of Christ. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. What a way to live. Prepared for service. I challenge our folks tonight that are here. I challenge you. These guys pray. They seek God's face. Brother Jeremiah, I know him. He loves the Lord. He loves you. Stand with your pastor. Stand with his staff. And let me tell you something. Y'all take this world down here for Christ and we'll be doing the same thing north of y'all up there. Knowing that y'all are praying for us, we will be praying for y'all. And we'll meet in the middle one day down here, taking this whole southern central part of the state of Mississippi for Jesus Christ. 
That's my prayer tonight, is God use us all, but we've got to be prepared. And my question, are you prepared? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity.